When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The entire football world continues to talk about Lamar Jackson just one day after the franchise tag deadline. We're going to dive into that plenty today on NFL Live. Here's our crew. You recognize them already. On the left, Ryan Clark. On the right, Adam Schefter. I'm Field Yates. Keyshawn Johnson will be joining us in just a little bit. But we are off and running with the Lamar latest as after the former NFL MVP received the non-exclusive franchise tag from Baltimore on Tuesday, the door is now open for another team to potentially offer him a contract. The Ravens would have the right to match that contract, assuming Lamar, of course, signed that offer sheet from a different team. He's had an historic start to his career. Back in 2019, Jackson became the youngest quarterback in NFL history to win MVP, when he also became the first player in NFL history to have at least 30 passing touchdowns and 1,000 rushing yards in a single season. He's also the only player to have multiple games with three passing touchdowns and 100 rushing yards. He's done that four times. However, of course, shortly after the news broke that he had received the non-exclusive franchise tag, reports started to indicate that there are multiple teams, including some that certainly need a quarterback, that are not going to pursue Jackson. Those teams were the Falcons, Dolphins, Panthers, and Commanders. If you're confused, you are not alone, as J.J. Watts, future NFL Hall of Famer, is also confused. He took to Twitter last night when he saw the news and asked this question. Quote, why are all of these teams so publicly out on Lamar Jackson, an MVP winner in his prime at the most important position in the entire NFL? What am I missing here? No better person to answer that question than Adam Schefter is. Shefty, everybody is wondering, what is the market yeah. looking like for Lamar Jackson now? Well, Field, Lamar Jackson is trying to do something that has never been done in free agency before. Now, he could be just the guy to do it, as talented and as elite a talent as he is. But if we go back over the 30 years of free agency, full 30 years, there's been only one player ever to receive the non-franchise tag, sign an offer sheet with another team, and wind up on that team, and that was Sean Gilbert, the great defensive tackle in 1998, who signed an offer sheet with Carolina. Washington declined to match, and he wound up on Carolina. There has never been a quarterback who's gotten the non-exclusive franchise tag who so much as signed an offer sheet with another team. And I think that's probably one element that Baltimore was thinking when it decided to put the lower tag on Lamar Jackson. He faces other obstacles now as well. Because as he looks to seek that contract, any team that signs him to an offer sheet would have to have that money counting against their salary cap for the full week until Baltimore determined whether or not to match that offer sheet. So it's a situation where if he were to sign a four-year, 
$200 million deal with the Carolina Panthers. Baltimore ultimately might match it because they want Lamar Jackson back and have tried to re-sign him. And there might be a team out there that's worried about creating an offer sheet for the Ravens. But in the interim, that money would have to be free on their cap and would count against their cap, which could take up their cap for the first seven days of free agency if that's when they decided to act. And the other issue that will have to overcome is it's one thing to do a deal with a team when you're trying to get that done and you're not using an agent. Look, most people could essentially compare contracts and come up with something that's fair value. But now we've entered into a different realm. Now, Lamar Jackson needs to be on the phone every day with general managers and owners of other teams when some of them might not know how to reach him. And the process becomes a lot more challenging when you're acting as your own agent while you're trying to be the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, for two years, Lamar was working on the deal with Baltimore, and he could get that done, no problem. But now he's by himself with his mother, and they have to find a way to talk to, let's just say, David Tepper or Arthur Blank or Daniel Snyder or whoever it may be that would be signing off on a huge deal. So there are a lot of obstacles that he will have to overcome. He is an unbelievable quarterback. There are many teams that could use him. But I think teams obviously would have a question about whether they would be creating an offer sheet that Baltimore would match or whether it would be a situation where they would get him, tie up their cap. There's a lot of questions to answer, but Lamar Jackson now will have to figure them out as he attempts to get that fully guaranteed contract that a lot of people believe he deserves. A ton of very valuable and important context right there, Shefty. I'll ask you, RC, though, what do you think about teams within what seemed like hours of the news coming out yesterday that Lamar Jackson had received a non-exclusive franchise tag declaring themselves out? Okay, I'm going to get to that. Listening to Adam Schefter kind of go through the details of the non-exclusive tag, I'm starting to see more and more why Baltimore opted to play it that way, to know that no quarterback has ever left his team, to understand that you're basically and essentially handicapping a team for the first week of free agency when in the in truth, they may never even get Lamar because you can match it. What team is going to be willing to have themselves in free agent purgatory waiting on Lamar Jackson in a situation where you might not even get him? Now, let me talk a little bit about these teams being public. Let's think about the draft. Let's think about any situation where teams are working on getting with players or becoming better. Nobody publicly says anything. Right, they, they, they hold things close to the vest. They try to make sure that you don't know, maybe we are gonna try and get this quarterback or maybe we are gonna bring him in. Maybe we are looking at this guy in the draft of free agency. But now all of a sudden with Lamar Jackson, we all wanna get the megaphone and say, hey, guess what? We don't want him. You know what? When, we, when Carson Wentz was, able, was on the market last year, we went and we traded for him, Washington, but hell no, nah, we don't want Lamar. Carolina, um, Atlanta, when Deshaun Watson was available, hell, we wanted him, but Lamar Jackson, hell no. Nah. Why all of a sudden are all these teams who need quarterbacks trying to make it public that they don't want Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Because at the Combine, Baltimore talked to him and they already knew that they didn't want Lamar Jackson because it's collusion. It's the way it works. It's why the NFLPA sued after the 2011 lockout. This is part of it. Well, listen, last year, RC, these teams were all interested in Deshaun Watson. 
And I don't believe that Atlanta, New Orleans, or Carolina were willing to give him the guaranteed contract that Cleveland was. But Cleveland was informed by Deshaun Watson that it was out, that yes. he was eliminating them. And because they were so desperate and because they were out, they stepped up and did something that did upset and aggravate other NFL owners. So there's no question about that. But this is also a case where I laid out all those obstacles. Here's one other obstacle. There are teams at the top of the draft that we all agree could use Lamar Jackson and his services. But every team is going through the process and saying to itself, okay, we could sign Lamar Jackson to a fully guaranteed deal that we may or may not get him on, tie up our cap. And here's the situation. If we're going to pay him $200 million, $250, $300 million, you come up with the number. We could go draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, who lit up the combine last week, and pay them total $30 million, total, and it would cost us only one first-round draft pick. And there are four quarterbacks that are going to go in the top 10 or 12 picks. So that, I think, also de-incentivizes some of these teams from running out there and putting out a $200, $250, $300 million offer sheet. Key, sometimes a picture has a says a thousand words. In this case, a facial expression can do exactly that. What do you make of everything you've heard so far about this Lamar Jackson news? No, I, I'm I'm in total agreement with with Adam's front end of it, not the back end of it. When he started talking about drafting these younger quarterbacks, the reason that you are drafting the younger quarterbacks is because you were bad to begin with. So you have an opportunity to get a guy like Lamar Jackson. I don't care if it costs you 250 million. Figure it out. Figure out how to get that deal done. But, but Adam is completely right in terms of the non-exclusive tag in tying up the cap when it's time for free agency. But remember this, and Adam and RC That's knows crazy. this because we do this every single year, though. We do this every single year. It's the beginning of March. We're at the, la we're at the middle of the first week of March. The draft is at the end of April. They've got all this time, these other teams that are looking for quarterbacks, to make a decision on what it is that they want to do from an evaluation standpoint. Even at the Combine, they had no idea that they were going to put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. So everybody's scrambling right now. They're still trying to figure it out. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks from now, if we're still having the same conversation, then I'm dead wrong. I think we could be doing this conversation for the entirety of NFL Live today and probably for the rest of the week as well. But we've got a lot ahead <laughs> on the show that is not necessarily tied to Lamar Jackson. As you may have heard, a quarterback who did get paid yesterday, Danny died. Saquon Barkley, his teammate, he got the franchise tag. He tells us why the Giants now need to get the money, man, some playmakers. Plus, Trevor Lawrence of another weapon in Duval with the return of Calvin Ridley. Here, why RC is now calling the Jags dangerous with their newest addition. Don't stop the rock like TikTok. Don't stop the clock to break the door till the early morning. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. As a sign of just how big the Lamar Jackson news was, the fact that the Jets flew to California yesterday to meet with Aaron Rodgers wasn't even the A block. But that was what, in fact, took place on Tuesday. And while various Jets took to social media to chime in on the possibility of acquiring Rodgers, Offensive Rookie of the Year Garrett Wilson actually was on this show about a month or so ago talking about Aaron Rodgers. When you hear the name Aaron Rodgers, it kind of, you know, everyone knows. Like, that's that's one of the best of all time right there. As far as talent-wise, you know, for me, personally, I love Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he, you know, the best quarterback of all time. So, um, uh, I got to play against him up in Lambeau this past season and just watching the way he operates and how he goes about business. You know, I'm confident if we find a way to get him, you know, in the building, we're going to be all right. You know, I'll say that about it. All right, so that was fairly prescient commentary there from Garrett Wilson. Shefsy, what more can you tell us about this meeting that took place between the Jets brass and Aaron Rodgers? Well, Phil, there are a lot of obstacles for both sides to get through before Aaron Rodgers winds up in the New York with the New York Jets. First and foremost, other than Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets offensive coordinator, Jets officials did not know Aaron Rodgers personally. He did not know them. So they had to have a meeting, which they did out in California. The Jets are traveling back home today, back to New Jersey. They also have to figure out, and Aaron Rodgers has to figure out, whether or not he wants to play this upcoming season because there are some people who thought that retirement still remained on the table as recently as this week. And then if Aaron Rodgers does decide he wants to play and does decide he's comfortable with the Jets, then the Packers and Jets would have to figure out the compensation in a deal, and that's not going to be easy to do because the two sides already have had some preliminary discussions that haven't gone very far, very fast at all. So that's an issue. And then the Jets would need Aaron Rodgers to adjust his contract. So for all the Jets fans who keep texting me, are we getting Aaron Rodgers? Slow your roll. There are a lot of things to get through before Aaron Rodgers becomes the quarterback of the Jets. I keep getting these texts from high school friends, college friends. It's enough already. Please stop. They may get him. It is the most likely option other than Green Bay. There's not another team in the league that has a real chance to get him if he wants to play. But there are so many obstacles that both sides still have to work their way through. And oh, we should add that more and more, it's looking increasingly likely that no matter what Aaron Rodgers decides, whether to play or not play, whether to play with the Jets or not, it sure seems like Jordan Love is tracking to be the Packers quarterback in 2023. Wow, a lot to unpack there, Keith. Let's just focus in on the idea of Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. And if you're a friend of Shefty's, if you haven't talked to him since they were in high school together, don't bother texting him. Let's talk about what this move would mean on the football field if Aaron Rodgers were to become a Jet. Well, let's start off with two things before we dive into that. One, Aaron Rodgers ain't passing on $58 million. I don't give a damn what nobody try to tell us. Okay, I don't want to hear that no more about Aaron Rodgers might retire. And that's not at you, Shefty. It's just in the universe. And then secondly, Garrett Wilson certainly says a lot about the quarterbacks on the roster right now. Now let's talk about Garrett Wilson and this offense if they get Aaron Rodgers. They will become my favorite team in the AFC East because when I look at the AFC East, 
You talk about the Buffalo Bills. Leslie Frazier's not there as a defensive coordinator anymore. What's going to happen up there? Can they retool the defense? Can they get another wide receiver? Now in Miami, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, with the health of Tua, what's going on in Miami? Then, yes, the, the New England Patriots is always a team that you got to watch out for. Bill O'Brien comes from Alabama to run the offense and try to get Mac Jones to become what they thought he would be when they drafted him. That's a lot. I know for sure that Aaron Rodgers can play quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers probably would be the best quarterback in the division, surpassing Josh Allen if he was enjoying the Jets. The mm. Jets go to the playoffs, they win the division. I mean, you look at this team, the New York Jets should be the destination for any quarterback who's a free agent. You're looking at a team with the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson. They've built other pieces at the skill positions, and you're expecting to get Brees Hall back healthy from tearing his ACL. And defensively, this was the top five unit with Sauce Gardner anchoring on the outside, Quinnen Williams on the inside, putting pressure on the quarterbacks and linebackers that run and hit like no other group in the entire NFL outside of San Francisco. And so when you think about this team, you're excited about them if they get Aaron Rodgers. You would expect them to compete and maybe win the AFC East. The difference in the AFC as opposed to the NFC is Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be the best quarterback in this conference. They're still the Patrick Mahomes. They're still the Joe Burrows. And so this doesn't necessarily say that this team wins the Super Bowl. But when you look at the way that they were last year with zero talented play and competent play at the quarterback position and compare that to what they look like with Aaron Rodgers, the, N the AFC East would be theirs to win and they would be contenders in the entire conference. Well, to tie together the two segments, just like it seems like there aren't a lot of logical landing spots for Lamar Jackson, there also are not a lot of logical landing spots for Aaron Rodgers. And that's why if he wants to play in 2023, Right now, it looks like the Jets are the leading and one of the rare opportunities out there. Now, the question is, I know Key says that's not the case, but the question is whether he wants to play, whether he feels comfortable with the Jets. The fact that he took the meeting is an encouraging sign because if he didn't have some interest in joining the Jets organization, he wouldn't be spending last night and today talking to them. So that right there is encouraging, but... Aaron Rodgers is a difficult guy to predict, and I think we've seen in recent years, nothing with him seems to move very quickly. So I would think the Jets would like to get something in place, figure it out one way or another by the time the new league year opens next week. But we shall see what Aaron Rodgers wants to do and how the Green Bay Packers handle it. And as a reminder, while no trade can be processed until one week from today, Wednesday, a little actually 4 p.m., so almost exactly one week from right now, the legal negotiating window does open up on Monday at noon Eastern time, so free agency essentially will begin at that hour. Let's move to Jacksonville. As on Monday, it was announced that receiver Calvin Ridley had been officially reinstated to the NFL almost exactly a year to the day that he was suspended for a full season for betting on games. As you saw, Ridley arrived at the Jaguars facility today for the first time. He also wrote a powerful letter for the Players' Tribune giving an in-depth look at his upbringing the past couple of years of his life and included this about his return to the field. Quote, right now, I feel stronger than I've ever felt mentally and physically. On the field, I'm flying. Believe me, I'm flying. That GPS band don't lie. On my daughter's name, I'm healthy. With Trevor Lawrence, I'm giving Jacksonville 1,400 yards a season. Period. RC, what does adding a player like Calvin Ridley do for the Jaguars? 
Calvin Ridley is a true number one wide receiver. He's a route running specialist on the outside. He's a guy that can push and challenge number one corners of any team in the NFL. And when you look at what he was becoming in Atlanta before he had to step away for some health, some mental health reasons, he was a guy that was ascending and was a Pro Bowl caliber player. You think about him with Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and also Zay Jones on that offense with Doug Peterson at the helm. This offense is going to be absolutely scary. And when you think about the that the Jacksonville Jaguars made in just the first year under Doug Peterson, you expect them to be even better, and especially at the quarterback position when you add a superstar on the outside like Calvin Ridley. You, you just heard RC right there talk about what this offense would look like, and RC played in the secondary. There aren't secondaries in the National Football League that have four cover down guys, and what I mean by that is Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, along with Kristen Kurt at the receiver yep. position. Then if you talk about Evan Ingram at the tight end spot, and then you look at the running back and Travis Etienne, you can't, you don't have five guys that can cover down. So he gives them another weapon that brings 13, 1400 yards to the equation. And not just the yards, I'm talking about playmaking ability, in and out of his breaks, stop on a dime, give some change, all of the sort of things that receivers in this league aren't necessarily doing at the top level. So when you got a guy like this, it certainly puts them in a different uniform, I mean, a different situation for the Jacksonville Jaguars in terms of the offense in the AFC. And, Phil, I want to point out one thing. For people who have not read that letter, that article that he wrote for the Players' Tribune by Calvin Ridley, they should absolutely read it. It was outstanding. And it shows you everything that he had to overcome on and off the field. Off the field to get to where he was in the NFL. Incredible story what he had to overcome that pushed him away from the Atlanta Falcons facility. It's hard to imagine that if the NFL knew that full story, that it would go ahead and suspend him for that bet that he made, the parlay bet on the Atlanta Falcons while he was away for the team. But the league went ahead, suspended him for a year, obviously has very strict rules while there are casino and sports books opening up in football stadiums across the country. Heck he yeah. also played with a broken foot. He also played with a broken foot, played with a number of injuries. And the one thing he did say there also is, he feels healthy and he feels like he's flying and he's going to be a major asset next year in Jacksonville's offense. I think back to one head coach in the year that he was suspended telling me that he thought Calvin Ridley was the single best wide receiver in the NFL. Now, this wow. was prior to the emergence of some of these other guys, but it tells you how much some people thought of Calvin Ridley's abilities, and they are now in Jacksonville with an explosive offense. We said it yesterday. Adam, Adam, mentioned, Adam mentioned it. Phil, at, yeah. at the end of the day, the NFL totally got that one wrong mm. on that betting. They got it wrong. Yeah. Yep. They'll never admit it, but they got it wrong. It's an evolving climate as it pertains to sports betting in the NFL. That much is for sure. Coming up next, the NFC champs did not use a tag yesterday as key free agents from their defense are set to hit the open market. RC picks which DB the Eagles should be prioritizing bringing back. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, 
and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The XFL returns Saturday night as the Roughnecks take on the Guardians on FX and ESPN Deportes at 7 Eastern. Followed by the Brahmas and the Sea Dragons. And Sunday on ESPN2, the Renegades square off against the Battlehawks at 4 Eastern. They're expecting 30,000 plus in St. Louis. And as the Vipers and Defenders, every game is also available on ESPN+. The Giants went buzzer-beating on Tuesday as just minutes before 4 p.m. Eastern time to place the franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley. Why? Because they had just agreed to terms on a new four-year contract with quarterback Daniel Jones. The deal pays him a base value of $160 million, maximum value of $195 million. Here's Daniel Jones earlier today. It was always my my goal um, to be to be back here and, and to, to be here long-term. I've really enjoyed, enjoyed being here. I think it's a special place. It's a special organization you know there's a certainly an emotional component to it and, and you feel the the pressure of the of the deadline so um yeah I think you know I think we all we all felt that and I, I did as well so um you know I wanted to be here like I said and I'm glad we got it worked out it was always my goal to to get it worked out you're not going to get everything you want in negotiation really is that ever going to happen and I think that goes for both sides so you know, there was give and take, um, you know, people were standing firm on, you know, what was most important to each side. And then at the end of the day, um, each side had to give a little bit. And, you know, that's why that's why it went down to the wire. And uh, we're happy we were able to get it done. That's GM Joe Shane right there. Shefty, what more can you tell us about this deal? Well, Phil, this was always going to get done in my mind. And I think a lot of people around the league expected it would get done as well. And you heard Daniel Jones talk about the fact that the Giants are a special organization that he wanted to get the deal done. He changed agencies and they wanted to get the deal done. So everybody wanted to get the deal done. There was a feeling around the league it would get done. It's the quarterback, it's a position the Giants prioritized, so much so over Saquon Barkley. And so they get it done right before the deadline with enough time to be able to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Again, it seemed fairly obvious to many people Except really Mike Tannenbaum, we made a bet last week, bet breakfast, that the deal would get done. He said it wouldn't get done, so Mike Tannenbaum owes me breakfast because many people in the league thought it would get done, and it did. So thank you, Mike, you know in what, advance. Rather, you know what? Rather than taking <laughs> Mike Tannenbaum out to breakfast and making him pay for the dab, Shefty, I think you should yeah. just reroute all your high school friends to Mike Tannenbaum, the former Jets GM, and he can answer <laughs> That's a whether great Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. Uh, RC, That's a great idea. Now we have Danny Dimes locked up long-term, Saquon Barkley locked up for at least this year. What else do the Giants need to do to take another step forward this offseason? The Giants need to surround Danny Dimes with some players on the outside. When you think back to last year, 
when you get to the playoffs against the Philadelphia Eagles, you're throwing to a number one receiver who you picked up off the street in November. They're going to need someone that could be explosive down the field, someone to win 50-50 balls. And when it's time to make plays in the crunch, you have someone that can step up and be reliable for Daniel Jones to throw the football to. Even with Daniel Jones being a better player last year, protecting the football, he still only threw for 15 touchdowns throughout the regular season. He was still a guy who, who only had over 230 yards three times. So if they want to win and if they want to win big, compete for championships, this passing game has to take the next steps. Part of that next step is getting people on the outside who can make plays. No question about that, RC, and not just guys that can make plays as receivers, but guys that can make plays as runners. And of course, as we mentioned, Saquon Barkley now back to the Giants for at least one more year with that franchise tag. It made sense for the Giants to do that as with Jones and Barkley together on the field, Daniel Jones threw 44 touchdowns and has just 17 interceptions in his career as a starter. When Barkley's been out of the lineup, get this, he has thrown more interceptions than touchdown passes, 17 to 16. Here is Joe Shane once again on where things stand with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I, I haven't talked you know, in depth with Saquon yet. I'm, I'm going to talk with him today, and I mean, again, we – that's negotiations. You know, we, we, we had some deals out there and we tried to get a deal done with him and his representatives and, and we couldn't. And, you know, I think both parties knew at the end of the day that, that this was an option. And, you know, again, if he's, he's frustrated, you know, I can understand some of that. And, you know, we could be frustrated as well that we weren't able to get a deal done, but I love Saquon. He's a good player. You know, he's going to be a part of this team going forward and, you know, we'll see where it goes, you know, from here. So Shefty, Joe Shane couldn't reveal exactly where things stand right now, but you talk to them sources. What are they telling you about a Saquon Barkley extension? Well, the Giants have an offer of about $13 million a year on the table, which is more than the franchise tag. And so they want to get a long-term deal worked out. Saquon has been looking for more than the $13 million per year, and the two sides have been unable to reach a long-term agreement. But the fact of the matter is now that he has that franchise tag, it's going to be tough for him to get a deal with another team. It's not going to happen. We've never seen a running back do it before on a franchise tag. So it'll be up to him to figure out a long-term deal with the Giants or essentially play on that franchise tag. That'll be up to him. Can't imagine he was pleased about the franchise tag at all. In this case, it's something of a punishment. It's lower than what they're offering on a multi-year contract. But again, they have time to figure out how they'd like to handle it. And the Giants have been very clear to him all along about how much they want him back. And they plan on having him and Daniel Jones in the huddle in 2023. All right, so key, the franchise tag is a starting point, not the finish line for Saquon Barkley this offseason necessarily, but how important do you believe it is for the G-men to get a long-term deal done with their franchise running back? Well, I think it's extremely important. Adam mentioned there right there, it's $13 million of average, okay? That's fine, average. I can average, I can make the average $70 million, but what's the money in the first two to three years? As mm -hmm. you know, Phil, being in the front office yourself and being around the end, what's that money? What's the real money like? Is he touching real money like Daniel Jones? And I think if you tie those two together and you look at Daniel Jones's real money in his first two to three years, yeah, the deal says $160 million, but this is essentially a two-year deal for Daniel Jones. If you give Saquon Barkley something similar two to three years and you st he stays healthy, then you can revisit it again. And I think that that is important for Daniel Jones as well to be the quarterback that he's capable of being if you got Saquon Barkley behind him. 
And to be clear, Key, my guess is that that money that we're talking about in those first two to three years is closer to a player like Christian McCaffrey's long-term deal than it is somebody like Joe Mixon's long-term deal with, of course, the Panthers at the time and the Bengals, respectively. Perhaps no team has a longer list of pending impact-free agents than the Eagles, but Philly didn't use the franchise tag on any of them on Tuesday, bypassing players like safety chart Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and also defensive tackle Javon Hargrave means that nine of the Eagles starters from last season are currently slated to become unrestricted free agents. When the league year begins next week, seven of those starters are defensive players. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even include Brandon Graham, who had a career-high 11 sacks last season. But offense, running back Miles Sanders, who was fifth in the NFL rushing yards last season, currently slated to hit free agency. RC, a lot of players have to choose from. they got a really good roster. Yeah. What do the Eagles need to prioritize this offseason, though? You know, I've probably spoken about C.J. Gardner-Johnson on this show three or four times this year, and I'm going to do it again. Mm. I just keep thinking back to the Super Bowl when he was stepping up, making huge plays in the in the open field, when he was hitting Isaiah Pacheco right in the chest and putting him out of the game. He's the spark plug on this back end. He's the guy that ties every single thing in. And if you look at the difference between the Saints secondary from last year to this year, that's because C.J. Gardner-Johnson is no longer there. What he added with six interceptions throughout the regular season, the energy that he plays with, and also the physicality that he brought to this team, I think he is a must-keep for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm not saying or comparing the two, but as important as Jalen Hurts is to this offense, Mm. I believe C.J. Gardner-Johnson plugs in the exact same way defensively for the Philadelphia Eagles and, and with that on the defensive side of the ball and in the secondary so to speak turn to the offensive line Jalen Hurts was able to be Jalen Hurts because a mm. guy like Travis uh, not Travis yeah. Kelsey, his brother Jason Kelsey was doing his part and doing his thing now look you want to if you're the Philadelphia Eagles what you want to do is you want to sit down and you want to convince him there's no retirement let's run this thing back let's make another run at it because how important he is to the offensive line there's not a lot of centers in the National Football League that can pull to the left, to the right, can double-team, kick up on the linebacker, make people play Ole football in the secondary mm. when they're getting up on the third wave. It's not a lot of guys that can do that. He's one. They have him in-house. They got to convince him. Let's make another run at it. I think that is one of the most important things for them this offseason. See, this was an advantage that this team had in recent seasons. It had Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract. So mm-hmm. it was able to go out and sign yeah. Bradbury. It was able to go out and sign Gardner, trade for Gardner Johnson. It was able to go out and add defensive talent like that. The model of this team now is going to shift a little bit because Jalen Hurts is going to make somewhere around $50 million a year. So when you're allocating that much of your salary cap to the quarterback, which they will be doing at some point in this offseason, it's budgeted, it's planned for, they know it's going to happen, you can't pay all those defensive players. And that's why last year they traded for New Orleans' first-round draft pick, why they have two ones this year, why there'll be a bunch of compensatory draft picks in 2024 because they're going to lose a lot of those defensive players. They're going to find greener pastures elsewhere. They're going to sign elsewhere, and Philadelphia will lose the player, which will be a loss for that organization, and they'll get up getting back in return the compensatory draft pick in 2024. But the balance of power on this team is shifting a little bit because the money's now going to go to Jalen Hurts, and now they're going to have to find a way on defense to have some of these young guys come through while they lose some of those other veterans in free agency. Yeah, Shefty, you made a lot of great points there, which includes the fact that probably no team does football business better than Philadelphia. They kind of have their hand 
or their finger on the pulse of all those small advantages they can take advantage of, such as compensatory picks and draft manipulation and the like. All right, coming up here on NFL Live, Derek Garf going from Vegas to Bourbon Street. We know the talent is there. Can he finally win a playoff game? We'll discuss the same ceiling next on NFL Live. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Breaking news on the quarterback front. Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints. On paper, it makes a ton of sense. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback in this league. You can win with Derek Carr. Carr locks in your corner. He walks in. Touchdown. I don't want to waste any time. I want to win. Derek Carr is certainly a welcome addition to the Saints. A team that has used five different starting quarterbacks since Drew Brees retired following the 2020 season. That's tied for the most in the NFL during that span. As a result of that instability, the Saints quarterbacks have posted the fifth worst completion percentage in the NFL over the past three years. They also rank towards the bottom of the league in passing yards and interception rate. Jeffy, there was quite a few teams courting Derek Carr. Why was New Orleans the team that landed him? Well, Phil, what was the last thing that Derek Carr said in that soundbite that we just played? I want to win. Mm, yep. Well, where else does he have a better chance to win when he's going up against Kyle Trask in Tampa, when Carolina doesn't know who its quarterback is going to be, when Atlanta right now has Desmond Ritter? Right now, Derek Carr signs with New Orleans and instantly becomes the best quarterback in that division, and it's not close. So he gives the Saints a chance to win. He wants to win. They will win because New Orleans keeps pushing forward the envelope and being very creative with their salary cap structure and having good personnel. And so the Saints become the favorites to win that division with Derek Carr as their quarterback. Additionally, who was the first team that brought him in? The Saints. Mm -hmm. Who's the Saints head coach? We have Dennis Allen, who was the coach who helped draft Derek Carr when he was in Oakland with the Raiders as the Raiders head coach. So there's a level of comfort and familiarity. There's the personnel, and there is ultimately, in the end, the chance to win. Key, what do you think about this move for the Saints? I like it. I like it a lot. I, I think, you know, Derek Carr somewhat gets a little bit of a, a, a raw deal at times based on some play here and there, especially this past season when he was somewhat benched for Jared Stenham, even though that really wasn't a true benching to me. They just wanted to move on from his services. And when you look at it, New Orleans Saints got a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and RC knows this. 
This is a very talented football team. Maybe they're a little long in the tooth at some positions, but they can get younger. And Adam mentioned the salary cap situation that they're in. They know how to navigate around that and manipulate the salary cap, kick the can down the road. I'm, I, I like what I see in New Orleans, and that's not just because my nephew could potentially still be there, but it kind of sort of is. You know, this is his first real quarterback <laughs> since Drew Brees, so let's see how that goes. <laughs> We all knew where that was going. Hey, I'm going to be honest, man. Whoever is working the Saints salary cap, they're like a Rubik's Cube master because they manipulating that thing all kind of different ways to make sure that they can make some of these moves. And when you look at this, this instantly gives them the best quarterback in the entire division. And Key made a great point about Michael Thomas, though. Is it a way you have to rework the contract or restructure the contract? He seems excited to have a quarterback like Derek Carr. We saw Chris Olave as a rookie make an immediate impact. Do you get the old? Old Alvin Kamara back, a healthy Alvin Kamara, a less distracted Alvin Kamara. And we all know what they can be and have been defensively for the last five years. I talked to Demario Davis and Cam Jordan through this offseason. They believe that their window is still open. And Cam Jordan specifically named Derek Carr before this was even an option during, during Super Bowl week. So I'm extremely excited to see what they could do. But remember this. Derek Carr has always been skilled. Derek Carr has always been talented. Derek Carr hasn't won a playoff game. So can he go to New Orleans and now lead and play his team deep into the playoffs? We'll have to wait and see. Think about this, though, Adam. You mentioned the best quarterback in the division. Probably so. But he could potentially be the best quarterback in the conference. I know Jalen Hurts hmm. did an amazing oh, job wow. in taking his team to the Super Bowl. But if you think about it, you got Hurts. You got Dak Prescott, Geno right. Smith. Outside of that, I mean, like, what else is there in the conference? Key, are you trying to Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. I was just going to say, Key, are you trying to break some news on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Well, take no, right? I'm yeah. assuming Aaron Rodgers is to the Jets. Hey, Shefty ain't letting that happen. Well, I was going to say, not until Shefty's phone stops blowing up with exactly. all those Exactly. My messages. friends just texted me that, yeah, my joke. Yeah. Tell them to buzz off. Tell them to turn on the TV, yeah. watch NFL Live, and stop texting you. <laughs> all right, time now for some quick reads on other veteran quarterbacks and potential landing spots. RC, where do you want to see Jimmy Garoppolo go? Listen, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I know this is going to be kind of weird, but the Arizona Cardinals, listen, mm. if you're taking over that team and you're Jonathan Gannon, you don't really know when you're going to have Kyler Murray back. You insert Jimmy Garoppolo, you get a leader, you get somebody that's stable at the starting position, and let's say you don't like Kyler and this turns into a full season of Jimmy G, it gives you a shot to win. Now, here's an interesting thing. Jacoby Brissett, you talk about, well, where could he wind up at as a backup quarterback or a bridge quarterback? How about the Las Vegas Raiders? How about the relationship with Josh McDaniels in that old New England Patriots style of way? You give him somewhat of a bridge. He, look, he's not a starter in the National Football League, and he understands that. But what he is is he's a bridge guy. You draft a guy, he learns behind Jacoby Brissett, and then you give way to him in the future. You got a backup, and you got your future quarterback. Okay, Jacoby Brissett, interesting one right there. All right, coming up, the Bills did not tag either Jordan Foyer or Tremaine Edmonds, plus their defensive coordinator stepping away for the year. Even after that, nearby RC is still not worried about this defense. Let's just get the offense. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Another team that chose not to use the franchise tag this year, Buffalo Bills. Linebacker Tremaine Edmonds and safety Jordan Poyer both now have a pathway to free agency. Additionally, the Bills announced last week the defensive coordinator will not coach for the team in 2023. He will return to coaching somewhere in 2024. So the Bills defense could look much different next season than it has in recent years. Frazier took over as a defensive coordinator back in 2017. That was also Poyer's first season in Buffalo. Since then, the Bills lead the defense, lead the NFL uh, in yards per play allowed and QBR allowed, ranked second in takeaways. So, Chef, what's the latest on where things stand between the Bills with Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds? Well, Field, I think there's a real chance that both players are going to leave the team in free agency and that Buffalo is going to have to address two holes. Jordan Poyer has been so valuable to the Buffalo defense and organization in recent years, and it looks like he's going to be leaving during free agency. It would be a major surprise if Tremaine Edmonds is back at the linebacker position. He's going to cash in on the open market and get too much money for Buffalo to be able to afford to re-sign him. So in addition to losing Leslie Frazier, you're looking at losing two valuable defensive starters as well, and there'll be some holes that this organization has to address this offseason. So, RC, are you concerned about the Bills' defense with the possibility of losing two key cogs? Not right now, right? Because okay. you still have an opportunity to fill those spaces, whether you're filling them from your roster, whether you're going out and drafting guys, bringing guys in free agent-wise. You know, I was one of those low-level free agents nope. that comes in for Chris Hope and uh -huh. he leaves for Tennessee and you end up nope. getting an eight-year run. And so there are guys that could fit in and find ways to play and allow this defense to stay at the same level. Leslie Frazier leaving is going to be a huge deal. So what type of continuity can you keep on the coaching staff? What's more important to me is how do we fix Josh Allen, right? Everything over there is still the same right now. It's still Ken Dorsey. It's still Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. What are you going to add in the backfield? What are you going to add in the coaching staff what changes are you going to make schematically to allow Josh Allen to protect the ball and yet still be this explosive dynamic quarterback that we love the defense will take care of itself and we'll see what that looks like in September but Josh Allen needs to be getting worked on right now you know there's so many different things you can point to and, and RC mentioned right there Josh Allen adding something in the backfield but how about the pass rush how about getting Von Miller healthy but adding another piece yeah. that can help that secondary out by the by the pass rush. And so if you got guys going after quarterback, the secondary can hold up for five, six se seconds. But if you don't have any pass rush, they yeah. cannot whatsoever. And I think a lot of people forgot that Brian Dable was calling the offensive plays and Josh Allen looked different. When Ken Dorsey comes in, it looks different. Leslie Frazier was a D.C. 
Now, somebody else is going to be calling the mm. defense. It could potentially look different. This window mm. could be closing on the Buffalo Bills right before our eyes, Phil. Well, my takeaway from what both of you guys said is that there's a real chance that just as Ryan Clark once replaced Chris Hope in Pittsburgh, he's going to pivot here and replace Jordan Boyer in Buffalo. Keep your eye on that one. Ooh, how about that? <laughs> that is not happening. Okay. That is zero chance. I'm RC, you still got some juice, my friend. Hey, I've seen it. Hey, got to move forward. The final Lamar Jackson, I actually have a team like him before that. Okay. <laughs> it, is a, it is a time for one more thing, and it's a big day. How big of a day? Our guy, Swagoo, celebrates the big 4-0 today. Swag. Marcus Beer, the heart and soul of this show. We have so much fun. We need water and oxygen after we ball. Y'all thought I was going somewhere else? <laughs> Had a lot of great nights like Split that track. Go! <laughs> she don't want you no more. Throw it the hell away. That yak will change your life, man. I've been trying to tell y'all for years. Happy birthday to our guys, Swaggy, a beloved teammate. One of the very best people you will ever meet in your entire life. Enjoy, enjoy the day, Swaggy. We'll see you up here in Deuces. next week. Happy birthday, that big guy. NFL Live College Hoops coverage comes next. Michael Lee, Tom Cream, and Steve Wojciechowski. You can't wait.